We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional all right quick shout out to our clothing sponsors over at crimson feather clothing for those those of you guys who don't know about crimson feather go check them out they have an awesome range of gear and have everything you need for game day their brand is awesome and their stuff is perfect for the office or just hanging out at home they sent us a box of gear back a few months ago to the crew here and it's safe to say the stuff has quickly become some of our favorites so what they're going to do is they're going to give all our listeners free shipping on all orders, regardless of shipping, um, when the Hawks cover the spread. Now, obviously, the Hawks did not do that against Oklahoma tonight. So, as of now, you're not getting free shipping. But when they do recover against Baylor on Saturday, go use promo code Ain't No Seats to get that free shipping at uh, CrimsonFeatherClothing.com or check them out on Instagram at CrimsonFeatherClothing. This episode is also brought to you by our other sponsor, Tickets for Less. Uh, we love Tickets for Less over here. No uh, no service fees, no online booking fees. What you see is what you pay, uh, unlike those other sites out there. So make sure you're using Tickets for Less, uh, Kansas City Company, Homegrown. Uh, get all your Big 12 tournament tickets there. Use our promo code, Ain't No Seats. Uh, you'll get a discount at checkout, and uh, make sure you get your tickets through there. Shout out to them. They gave us a, a signed ball from last year's Final Four team. Uh, look look out for that on Twitter. We'll probably give it away at the end of the week. So throw that a retweet if you haven't. And uh, good luck to you guys with that. Thanks again to Tickets for Less. Now on to the show. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you by. All right, what is good, folks? Episode 11, and I don't even know what to say. No this, this is as depressing, as just let down as I've been in a long time. B-turn, 
What's good? Like you said, no words right now. We, we're still an outside shot. We extend the streak, but the thing with us is that we were just saying is we were starting to click, and it seemed like we were starting to play better, and kind of we're getting over those road woes, and then we show up in Norman tonight and just get dominated all 40 minutes. Yep. So breaking news, folks, the streak is dead. 14 years. R.I.P. A hell of a run. And I think we'll eventually, we'll get to a point in this pod where we go a little negative. Or go a little positive. But for a little bit, we just got a meltdown. I mean, I saw scenarios where we lose that game. We're one-point favorites. There was no reason to go in super confident. Um, But in no scenario did I see us getting absolutely boat raced in Norman against a team that's 6-10 and in the Big 12. It was never close either. No. Like from the tip, they hit multiple threes to start the game, and then we just, it just, we never got within 10, I feel like. Because you knew it was going to be a battle. Nor- Oklahoma had, they need a big win to make the tournament, and like you said, one point spread, and then we just didn't do anything good. We looked like we usually do in the first half on the road. We scored 28 points. We were lucky to have 28 at half, and we were lucky to only be down 13, <laughs> yeah. especially with the way OU shot. I we mean, just, there's no energy on the road. There's, like they just don't seem even focused. They look scared and no one even no one plays hard on the road. It just it blows my mind because I can understand being freshmen and going into a, a like that tech environment. That was a good environment. They whited the place out, loud. Tech's got a good home crowd. I can understand going into K State being scared. That's a good crowd. Atmospheres at Texas, atmospheres at West Virginia, atmospheres at OU are not scary. There was more there was a ton of blue in the building tonight. So I don't understand what it is that makes this team just come out flat as can be. And it was super disappointing, man. The I was telling you guys last night, I was like, you know what? It sucks we're going to lose a streak, but let's win out. Let's win the next two. Let's go into the Big 12 tournament having won seven of eight. Yep. And you've got momentum. you got a young team clicking at the right time. Mm-hmm. And now it just feels like we are back to where we were a month ago. Yeah, and we said, I mean, you got to forget about those – past losses but we said let's just win out and see what happens and we win tonight we have Baylor at home we don't ever lose at home who knows what would have happened it could have came down to K-State losing at home in the final game of the Big 12 schedule and flukier things have happened during our run like teams find ways to help KU and uh we didn't even le- we didn't even give ourselves a shot this year and that's what's that's what's so frustrating um and it wasn't even, like, the whole team just in general. Like, even individuals that have stepped up over the past couple of weeks, like Grimes had played well. He looked like what he did at the beginning of conference play tonight. And, like, Oche can't shoot the ball. Dotson looked horrible. Like, Dotson, I don't know what happened to Dotson from three weeks ago where he was Frank Mason 2.0, but the last couple of games, it's like something just happened. Yeah. I don't It's like the monster stole his talent. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's gone. I don't get it. Yeah. Deidre didn't get touches down low, which, I mean, there's so much to touch on in this one, but I don't know. It's over. Yeah, yeah Dots, even on Saturday, Dotson couldn't get anything to fall. And tonight he was missing layups and whatever he was doing at the end of the first half when we had some momentum down 13, he pulls the ball out with like seven seconds left and then tries to drive with like three, throws it away. If maybe you get a bucket there, you get it to 10. We had some momentum. It's just we were starting to gain confidence in this team, man. Saturday, even though Oklahoma State sucks, you start feeling good about this team because the game's close late. Oklahoma State played really good that day. They had a guy come off the bench, 20 points. You find a way to win it late. Grimes is the one that pretty much helps you win that game. And then 
you come into tonight and we're favored and you get, I mean, you get 20 ball pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Dawson that scares me the most is it's like, it's expected. We always see freshmen hit this wall and they always struggle. They have a two week, three week stretch where they struggle. I mean, I remember Xavier Henry hitting a really bad wall. Andrew Wiggins hit a wall. Josh Jackson's wall was kind of early in the year, but like everyone does it. But Dodson is kind of the guy we couldn't afford to have it happen to, and it appears that's happening, and I think he'll snap out of it. Um, a lot of it's just not hitting shots. He was shooting a super high percentage from three, which wasn't expected. Um, yeah. So just didn't hit shots tonight, but he was also just careless turnovers, careless entry passes into the post. Like you said, the play at the end of the half where momentum was huge um, just really messed that up. So I don't know. I hope he gets things figured out. We're going back home on Saturday. Yep. Have not lost there all year. Let's hope we just go out with a bang and maybe find a way to go in with some positivity to the Big 12 tournament. But we're so we're just obviously blessed to have one of the best atmospheres in sports. Because if we didn't have Allen, I mean, what's I don't I mean it's hard to even tell. But what seed are we? And that's what's just, crazy to me yeah, is we're like, lucky to be going nine and zero probably at home in the Big 12. And like if you guys would have asked me during the streak. And we talked about it with CDOT, like, when are we going to start worrying about us losing the conference streak? It all involves us losing games at home. Like, we're going to go 9-0 and at home this year. Just it, It's absurd. It's bonkers that we go 3-6 and six on the road. Against, honestly, the Big 12, is it really that good this year? No. And, I mean, one of those losses was to an absolutely horrible Dreadful. West Virginia team. Losses mm-hmm. bites us in the ass. Texas is terrible. It's just. Yeah, it's. You go like you said nine and zero at home, and you say you got to at least win four road games probably to win the conference. Why is four and five tough to do on the road in this we conference? Did, I remember we Oklahoma's, talked about that like first pod. Yeah, oh, I mean four and five still might would that have won it still? No, thirteen and five probably finish the game win. back, yeah. but, but gives us a shot going yeah. in the last weekend. Yeah, it's not over yet. Four and five, you beat West Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU, and who else? Oklahoma. Someone, someone like that, or Baylor, that we always win in Waco. I just, I don't understand. We've, there's no way any Bill Self teams went three and six on the road. No, I, just, I mean this I, is the most conference games he's lost. I don't understand. I don't understand why this team can't play with energy on the road. They, obviously, Allen's a whole different level, but why can't you just come out and play with energy? We got guys that usually play hard. Like you see Oates showing emotion at home. Devon going nuts getting to the lane, running around, playing defense. Why can't Quentin play with energy? Dave's a spaz, like you say. Why can't he play hard? I really don't understand why you can't play hard on the road, why this team just refuses to come out with energy. And you have the Big 12 streak on the line. You're Kansas. Like, everyone is so passionate about this streak, even the former players. We talked to Tyshawn on here. He's super passionate about the streak. No one wants to see it in. I just don't, I don't understand why they don't play hard on the road. Yeah, it's just sad, man. I mean, you'd think – I kept thinking this team was going to, you know, win at TCU, a win at Oklahoma State was going to bring this team confidence, especially with what was on the line. Like, I remember Devontae last year. Like, they they let the streak almost consume them. Like, they were obsessed with not being that team that ended the streak, and it almost – like, it fueled them, which I was expecting this to happen. And maybe it's different with a young team that hasn't been around and hasn't won the Big 12 Conference – Maybe that doesn't kind of motivate you in the same way, but I kept thinking it would happen, and it's just shocking that tonight when truly the streak was, for the first time ever, 1,000% on the line. 
and they came out and just gave that level of effort and that level of energy. Like, oh, like, man, even if you're not going to win the streak, just come out, go into the Big 12 tournament with momentum. Just play with some sort of purpose. Find an identity. Become a team that does something well. We what just, do they do well? We don't do anything well, A.B. We're below average at everything. We're average at some things. We have a really good big man who hardly touches the ball. I'm melting down, but it's just you sit here and you think about it, and it's just so frustrating. We have talent. We have good players. We aren't. I know a lot of really annoying things happen this season, but we've still got Devon Dotson. We've still got Quentin Grimes. We've still got Diedrich Lawson. We've still got a McDonald's All-American David McCormick. How are we getting damn near 30-balled? By a bubble team. By a bubble team. A team that is 6-10 in the Big 12. In a non-scary atmosphere. Yeah. Like it was second. half full, and half of those people were KU fans. Hey, B-Turn, remember we almost went to this game? Remember you were talking last week about going to this game? Yeah. It's How insane. fun would that have been? Imagine oh that five-hour home right now. It's probably our fault we would have won if we were there. No. That's how shit works. We're 0-1. Ain't no seats pod is 0-1 in road games. I think it's sad that we have to look at at TCU and at Oklahoma State as like us getting confidence in this team. Two teams that aren't making the tournament probably. We were the number one team in the country before the year. I know a lot of shit happened, but we still have talent. Like you said, we have more talent than a lot of the teams in the conference. But it's just, it's so frustrating to look at this team like what could have been. Yeah. We talked earlier about how you have Doak or Silvio. Maybe you have both. And those two bring energy right there. Mm -hmm. And Silvio, we all know it happened, but like I mean, like, Doak's one of our upperclassmen. He's a junior. He's been here. He's seen tournament runs. Him and Silvio played in the Final Four last year. They know what it's like. And they also, we talked about last year, how the team was obsessed with the streak night inning. Those two would have had that mentality, and they get the other fucking guys going that don't do shit and have no passion right now to play at KU. Yeah. No. And who would have thought we'd be starting four freshmen right now to end the year? Yeah. That just, they're not consistent. Like, everyone can agree with that. It happens every game where I text you guys or look at you guys or text someone and just say out loud, like, if you would have told me in mid December that these were the five players we're going with at any time, whether it's like Chuck Moore and KJ and Marcus Garrett and Ochai and like Mitch, it happens every game and it keeps getting worse. It's, I don't get it. Like you guys said, shit's happened. Shit happens to every team. More shit maybe has happened to us. But still, no excuse to come out when literally something that's been going on since they were, what, three years old? Yeah. To come out flat, to come out with just visibly not caring. And that includes Bill. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know everyone loves Bill. I love Bill. Everyone's hesitant to say things about Bill. He looked out of it tonight. He looked like he didn't give a fuck. He called three timeouts in the first seven minutes. And, I mean, sure, you want to make sure that take the opportunity to change momentum when you can before it gets out of hand, but... He just looked like he was ready to get out of there. Yeah, and he's almost it's almost like he's just given up on like just us on the road. Like not giving up on the team exactly, but just like I've got I've tried everything to get these yeah. fucking guys motivated and they still won't do it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you you got to you got to be on bill sometimes too, but these guys they're five-star recruits. They've been playing some of the best talent all over the country. I know it's a whole different level, but AAU circuit, you're playing guys that are freshmen now that are playing at big schools. Like, you've been, you've played in big games like this. You shouldn't be scared of an atmosphere ever. No. And definitely not Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, these guys showed up in the Champions Classic to start the year. 
with rolled. no fear. Dotson and Grimes went out and played with no fear. Incredible. Two of their best games. Uh, that stage is insane, too. Yeah. You're playing Tom Izzo with a bunch of older guys that have been playing since day one, Lankford and Winston, and you come out and Quentin has still his best game as a Jayhawk, I'd say, unless yeah. it was Saturday. Yeah. But that was Grimes' best game as a Jayhawk, and you're like, oh, my God, game this team... One. This team's going to be unreal, especially when they get Silvio back. And now, that's November. You tell me, in March, we're in March. This is March Madness. You tell me we're going to go to Oklahoma with the streak still alive. And you're going to lose. But, I mean, you're going to be down close to 30 at one point in the second half. Yeah. It is just absolutely stunning that this was a season. And I know so many bad things have happened. And you guys said it. I guess I want to touch on that. Like, Bill really did have the look of a guy who was just out of answers. He had absolutely no response. He didn't even, like, I mean, you see him go zone sometimes. You see him switch defenses up. Like, he just, (laughs) it was the least active he's been on the sidelines I've seen in a long time. There were timeouts going into, like, a TV timeout, or he would call timeout. He didn't get up off the bench. Yeah. The whole team's surrounding him. Assistant coaches are surrounding him. Players come off the court, and there's just a zoom in of him just sitting there, straight face, like, "What the fuck do I do now?" And I mean, you can say, I mean, it's the players' fault for not going out, but I mean, you can also say like, he's tried everything. You can say there's stuff he hasn't tried, whatever it may be. It was just kind of shocking to see because we never see that happen. It's just crazy the streak. I mean, we won it 14 years in a row, and we've never been in that situation. So it's like Bill. He's. I think drains a great word. Yeah. He's, I've never seen him just sit on the – I've never really seen a coach, a college coach, just sit on the bench. I know it's a timeout, but he just sat there, and the guys are walking to the sideline, and he's just sick of the effort. And it's just inconsistency, which I guess you expect from freshmen. I know you can't rely really on Ochai every game to give you 20 like he was doing at one point. You just – freshmen go through growing pains, and Bill's obviously just super frustrated right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think he almost represented how – the fan base felt like tonight wasn't he? I mean, we were sitting here watching together and at times we were getting super, super frustrated, but a lot of it was just like, kind of, you sit back and you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, what can you do? How is this happening? It is March 5th, March 6th. I don't even know the date, but and it was never a game. This is unheard of for Bill self teams this late in the year to just be, have no, and we keep saying it, no identity, right? They don't do single thing. Good. And I think it's like, We've said many times already in the last 20 minutes, there's been so much that's happened this season. But even before that, all the FBI shit going on in the offseason. There's been, you know, recruits that just bounce and LeGerald coming back and that being so back and forth. There's been so much going on inside the program that I don't really blame them just for being done. I mean, I don't think he is done. Obviously, they're going to make a run. Yeah, they're going to try and make a run over the next three weeks. But, I mean, do you guys really blame them for just being mentally exhausted is what it kind of looks like? No, off the court and on the court. No, definitely not. And I mean, I think that I think the streak in a way has that. I mean, someone tweeted this earlier, but it's like growing before the streak really got to like seven or eight. I never really remembered the Big Twelve Conference being something where you watched the standings all year till the final week. Like it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And even the way like the ACC is, like Duke hasn't won a conference title and they never win the conference no. title, but no one discusses it. So I almost do feel like we kind of have added pressure in conference play because it is so much so important. But 
And I think other teams have thrived off that pressure. They've gone in, they've won at Tech, they've won at West Virginia last year, they've won at OU against Buddy Heald. Like, and maybe that just, maybe that did mentally and emotionally just drain these guys the whole year, just kind of having that pressure and all the adversity they face. So, I don't know. I don't have any answers. Bill doesn't have any answers. Who the hell has answers? No one. Yeah, his face, his face on the bench, just with his hands on his head, is just. <clears throat> that's like every KU fan right now. We've just never been through this. There's 14-year-old kids that haven't seen us lose the Big 12 title. It's just insane. and It's just crazy that this team played like that with the streak still on the line. There wasn't a good chance, but there was still a little hope, and crazier things have happened. We've seen teams lose all the time to help us win the title, and they're, even if we didn't win the Big 12, we talked about winning out. So you beat OU, and you beat Baylor, and you go into the Big 12 tournament with some momentum. You need momentum in March you need to be hot and this team's clearly not where it needs to be no I need to get something on my chest though before we move on and try to do some positive spin zones and whatever that we can do to try and spin this into a good thing but the takes that people have been throwing out on Twitter to where they're saying that they're happy the streak might be coming to an end so we can focus on postseason or they're happy that the pressure's relieved and now that we can since the streak is over might be more prepared to make a run in the tournament or the streak isn't that cool. I don't care about it that much because we haven't had postseason success. First of all, it's bullshit. Like, we win a lot in the tournament. I'm sorry we don't have enough titles for you. But second of all, what correlation is there to not winning, not being the best team in your conference, and then going on a run? Do you think the past 15 years that once we won the Big 12 that they were just satisfied and they stopped trying in the NCAA tournament at the biggest stage? Like, that makes no sense to me. And I've seen it. It's not even one or two people. It feels like it's like a quarter of the fan base that thinks this. And it's just, as Ryan would say, it's fucking banana land. Banana land. Like, I don't get it. I genuinely don't understand what the correlation could possibly be. The only thing that would make sense is they've been thinking about it for so long, and once they finally get there, they're like, okay, cool. But still, you don't go to KU to win the conference. You go to KU to fucking put a Final Four banner up, to put a national title, title banner up. They don't play videos on the intro video of KU going into Texas Tech to win 14 straight or going into this. They'll show that we've won a lot of conference titles. The videos on the intro video are Danny Manning getting the rebound and the game ending. They're of people on Mass Street. They're of Chalmers. Like, it's all national titles. So don't tell me that just because we win a conference championship means we just don't care about the NCAAs. It it fucking makes me so (laughs) mad, and I'm sick of seeing it, and no one's made a good argument to me, and I'm just kind of done with it. Yeah, I mean, it's... We tweeted out that thing, uh, KU, unpopular. unpopular opinions. And, folks, I've never regretted anything more. The takes <laughs> that we saw in our mentions for a whole day were insane. And you're right. I mean, it. there is no correlation. And I see it a lot, and I've seen it before this year. People have said it before. Every time we lose in March, oh, this team's satisfied with Big 12 streak. Winning the Big 12 just helps you be better prepared for March. It puts you in a better position. Playing every freaking week of Big 12 play. Last year's team was battle-tested as hell because that Texas Tech game at Texas Tech last year felt like a do-or-die game. That felt like an Elite Eight game. Like, that's how you get prepared in March. So anyone that – I mean, that's like saying – that's like all those people – I don't know. This might be a terrible comparison. It's like when you you, you break up with your ex and you, you tweet, oh, I'm so glad I got her out of my life. She was so toxic. She, she had such a bad impact in my life. And then, like, two weeks go by, and you see those that couple post some pictures on Instagram. It's like, we are going to miss the shit out of the streak. It was awesome having the streak. 
And no matter what we want to say, no matter how we want to frame that our ex-girlfriend was a was a bad vibe, giving us toxic life. I have no idea what I'm saying. But if you see <laughs> what I'm saying, it's just it's so stupid. Just stop. You can win the Big 12 and lose in March, and they can have nothing to do with each other. It's really what's happened. We've lost some games in March, and it has had nothing to do with what we did in the Big 12 play. Exactly, and it's just like... Like you said before, when did the streak really start to become like a thing that we pay attention to and talk about all the time? Like 2012 is when I first remember it. The eight straight, the eight at the beginning and the yeah. eight at the end of the straight. That's when I feel like the streak started right. to get like, But then you shit. think about it. The year before that, we lost to VCU. People weren't satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. Were people satisfied with the tournament when we lost to Northern Iowa? Mm-hmm. I guarantee the focus wasn't on it for winning six straight. Yeah. Were people cool when we lost to Bucknell after <laughs> our, what, first straight? Yeah, that was second straight one. after Bradley. Yeah, did we just go deep and magically? Well, you know, we didn't win the guard with this. Like, we're not worried about a streak right now of double-digit years. Let's go into the tournament and win it all, and then lose to fucking Bucknell and Bradley back-to-back years. Is that cool? Can we correlate that or no? Yeah, because yeah. It, it just it doesn't make any sense, and no one will ever be able to convince me that that's a reason why we. And also, can we while we're on this topic? While we're on this topic, sure, we only have one title in the last what thirty years. Yeah. And we had one title during the streak, since we're talking about the streak. We'll say two in 30 years. Right, but just in the, in terms of the streak, like, we've had one in the 14 years. Mm-hmm. Like, winning a title is hard. Very. Which, and CDOT Hardest. says this all the time on his radio show, like, what schools would you trade spots with over the last 15 years? North Carolina? Duke? Yeah, I mean the only and who else? Has two more. That's UConn. Maybe they've yeah, won a couple. I mean, I mean, but you, do you really want to be UConn? Exactly. Right now? They had two speaks. high peaks, super high peaks, and every other doing, year sucked. I think what we're doing is great. We win thirty games a year. We have the most tournament wins since two thousand. You can't just win the title every year. Exactly. And for fans to say that shit is just insane because we melt down after every tournament loss. Yeah. The season is not a success unless we make a Final Four, and that shows from last year. When we weren't too upset after the Nova game, they played better than us, beat our ass. We made the Final Four. People thought that team achieved. 2012, we go to the title game. We lose that. Everyone's happy. Like, our fans aren't happy. So do you think the players are happy? Yeah. They want to win. They get recruited to KU to win titles. Bill Self doesn't say, hey, come to KU to win an 18-game conference. Yeah. That's why you're coming here. No, we're going to make Final Fours. We're a one seed. We're a two seed. We're going to play in the Final Four. We're going to play great teams like Duke in the Elite Eight. And it's every, the fans are going to be happy. Everyone in Lawrence is going to be happy. You're coming here to win titles. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12 is just part of the process. And it's interesting that you bring up 2012 and last year because those two teams made the Final Four. And I would almost argue, like, when it comes to pressure in conference play and thinking about winning the conference, those two years might have had the most kind of, you know, adversity and pressure and everything going along with it when it, you think about Missouri Everyone wanted to make sure we didn't allow Missouri to leave the conference as champions. And then last year, you couldn't end the streak. Both those teams battled through it, won huge road games, won tough games. And guess what? That conference season, 1,000% helped them come March in the tournament. And that's just part of the process. There's no reason to not want to win Big 12 Like, Just say it out loud. You don't want to win Big 12 titles because you think that will help us win a national title. That makes zero sense, folks. Yeah, you think you think that's going to help Bill just prepare for March. Yeah. Like, one extra game, Baylor, that we don't have to worry about. Like, 
Bill, which we Selection still Sunday comes. You have four days to prepare for the first team. Yeah. Bill Self calls it a two-day tournament. You prepare for the second round. It's the same shit every year. Yeah. What's You're playing 18 games regardless. <laughs> it's insane. What does it matter if you don't win it? It's insane. And like you said, playing Tech helps us last year. They're team that was close to going to a Final Four. You yeah. win on the road, that helps you win in March. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, there's just no games that make me feel like we're battle-tested and ready for March. Because even our losses, like the Tech game, that's a tough environment. That's a March Madness kind of game. We got face-fucked. <laughs> I mean, we go in, and then tonight, a big game, an absolute must-win, a tournament-type feel with the fact that it's either you win or you're done for, I mean, not like a full season is, like an NCAA tournament, but the streak's done if you don't win. We go in, we just get drilled from the opening tip. Like, that just... That's not going to help us down the road. Like, losing these games is not going to help us at all. Winning these games like we have in the past, 1,000%, like you guys said. But the correlation is not there, and I'm sick of people talking about it. It's going to drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And go ahead. And the, funny, the funniest thing about KU fans, and I, I feel like you guys are going to agree with me, is the same fans that are saying they don't care to win the Big 12 or, like we've just talked about, that uh, if we don't win it, we'll be ready for March. If we lose early in March, the first thing they're going to say is, what an awful year, because we didn't win the Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> right. Couldn't even win the Big 12. Couldn't even do anything in March. This team fire bills up. And, and I don't want to That's see, bonkers, too. We I can talk about that no, if we want to. See, I don't want to get to the, I don't want to get to the point where we single out a very small percentage of the fan base. The fan base saying they want, oh, we need to start looking at Bills up. That is a 1% of the fan base type crowd. However, our mentions on the Ain't No Seats Pod Twitter showed that so many people truly believe that losing the Big 12 this year would somehow help us in March. And that take is, as we've said, banana land. Stinky, as you might say. Very stinky take, folks. It just doesn't make sense at all. No. Like I said, you play 18 games, you're not just going to take a game off. Go 11-7 and seven on no purpose. One, to... No one truly wants the streak to end. They just see it ending, so then they say that. That's, all, that's, that's what, what I is. said. I that's said if, if we were in a good spot to win the conference, no one's saying that this year. <laughs> what it's else? just a way to deflect it and kind of like K-State with the, did with Bucati. It's a way to like push the blame onto something else or push the conversation to something else. Try to like spin zone to something that it isn't, and I'm just kind of tired of seeing it. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have any, anything else negative to say about this. I mean, A.B., me and you throughout the game, you kept trying to spin things positive about this team. And me, I've been a guy. I've been on this pod. That is said, hey, we're going 8-0. Bill Self gets a week to prepare for freaking Texas Tech. We got beat by a billion. Then I said, you know what? It's fine. Fluky game. They made 18 threes. Went out. Go to the Big 12 tournament. I was positive. I'm defeated. I'm absolutely defeated. I can't be positive anymore. AB, hit us with your positive takes. I've got a couple. One. This one's maybe not too positive, but it's a way to kind of deflect this year's blame. Most likely, there are going to be repercussions for the Silvio thing that involve KU and not Silvio himself, correct? I think we can all agree with that. Our positive take is that we're going to be freaking put on NCAA probation. No. Things are going great, folks. No, our positive is for this year only, once the NCAA does their investigation and everything, that they're probably going to revoke last year's Big 12 championship. And then this year, looking back, we'll say, oh, well, the streak wasn't even a thing. This wasn't the team to end it. Last year, they went to a Final Four. So if they were the team to hash, you know, end quote, end it, they went to a Final Four. They had a successful season. They are memorable. This team, just a disaster. 
not the one. So that's one spin zone that could be turned as positive. You guys look like you think it's the worst spin zone of all time. That spin zone's stinky. Be turned, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, just awful. <laughs> because I'm glad I have some good friends to record a pod with. We're oh. doing positive things, and we're talking about potentially a Final Four getting taken away <laughs> yeah. and the record-breaking conference title streak. Last year was 14 in a row, which is you beat UCLA, who played against four foot five big men back in the day with Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton or whatever the fuck it was, but you get that taken away. I mean, I understand what you're saying because I bet some fans will look at it this way. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's KU fans, so yeah, they'll look at it that way, but I don't know. I just, I obviously don't want a Final Four taken away from a team that had a bunch of Well, I don't want that either, but let's just look at it honestly. Like, shit's going to happen. I mean, either way the streak ended, I would have rather actually to unspin your spin zone. Yikes. How great would it have been to lose the streak, but it would have been due to, oh, a banner comes down due to FBI. Then for the rest of everything, we say, well, the only reason we lost the streak is because of a fluky BS Adidas scandal. You can say and that anyways this year, We though. could literally like make t-shirts like the FBI into the streak. Like, we lost the streak this year because we just weren't very good. And obviously, we had a lot of injuries and things like that. But... To unspin your spin zone, I would have rather we just get the vacate, get it vacated last year and the streak ends due to FBI and not due to us being bad. I have one more spin zone, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. But 20, make this better. It's maybe a little better. Well, maybe a little. You had to start with that last one because that was ass. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it's that's true. okay. It's me being it's, honest. It's good to start with that one because... This one, maybe a little better, I hope. Oh, God. <laughs> If it's not better, can we just stop? This recording? one. <laughs> Go home. This one may make you guys a little bit more confident going forward. I bet. Please. <laughs> um, so, looking back the past handful of years, uh, the 2012 team, as far as other teams, far less talented than 2010, 2011, 2014, 2013, whatever you want to look at. Last year's team, I think we would both agree that it was less talented than, you know, the 2016 team or 2017 team. Bill Self, for whatever reason, pulls it out of his ass and makes longer runs, goes to Final Fours with less talented teams. Now, both those teams were full of juniors and seniors mm -hmm. that have been in the program for four years, mm -hmm. some five years. Mm -hmm. But just on the straight-up you know, comment of he takes less talented teams further in the tournament every once in a while, this may fit that narrative. Now, I... I don't know I, if I believe it, but just in the back of my mind, like, what if this team that just doesn't have that much talent or as much talent as we've had on other teams or have been as good as other teams just play the underdog role, which we can legitimately play this year, I think, and go on a run? I'll go back to where I've always gone back with this team. 2012, that team had an identity. It was they got stops when they needed to get stops all the time. You think back to Missouri games, all the, all those games, like, they just they could buckle down. They could come back from a deficit. This team doesn't have that. Last year's team, I remember tweeting in like January when it was full meltdown mode fan base. I said, the one good thing about this team is if they get hot in March, they can make a Final Four because teams that make shots in March, obviously from three, yeah, we had can beat anybody. Last year. We had an identity, and it was the we can shoot the shit out of the ball. But off of that, and we talked about a couple episodes ago, we have like three guys in the top ten in our conference in three-point percentage. We have guys that can get hot and can make shots, and I really highly doubt LeGerald's coming back. What if something breaks on Thursday that LeGerald's back with the program, and we just add another shooter? I Like I said, unlikely, 
But if we have three or four guys that are top 15 in one of the best conferences in basketball, top to bottom, I mean, why can't they all get hot at the same time? Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's certainly possible. There have been far worse teams to go on Final Four runs. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, just, I'm not going to rule a March run out. It's just out of all the teams. Bruce Weber and K-State went on a fucking Elite Eight run last year and lost to Loyola Chicago, who doesn't have near the talent we have right now. Depends on the draw you get, man. Yeah. I mean, if you get great matchups, who knows? Maybe we play some teams that don't have great big men because right now we have one big man, and he's not great against – I don't think he would be great against super athletic bigs, so yeah. – Maybe, I mean, you can hit shots in March. People step up in March, but the thing is just inexperience with this team. One more thing is, like, I know the goal this year has been to be good enough to get to Kansas City. Do I think that's likely right now? No, but it's happened before. Look back to 2017, the regional final, or regional semis and the regional finals were at Sprint. Iowa State was a five seed. And they feel Sprint up more than we do. Like, when they're rolling, they bring their fan base down like crazy. They were a five seed in the Midwest and were slotted to go against KU in the Sweet 16 where they probably would have had more fans than us. I'm not saying I think we're going to get a four or five in KC, even a three if we go on a a Big 12 tourney run. But it's possible. We know the NCAA is all about money. They'll They'll sell the place out. They don't always sell the place out when, during the tournament. So, I mean, I don't know. If we get in Kansas City, this thing's completely different because we'll have four you know, four games in a row. It's 80%, 90% KU fans. It's a home game, and we're, we've shown we're unstoppable at home. The NCAA has done crazier things. I mean, you think back to Wichita State being a two, three-seed caliber team. They get being a seven-seed seven yeah. just to sell tickets in Omaha you when just, we played them. So You never know where they'll throw us, man. Maybe we'll be the, but, said it, we'll be the four in KC. But here's the thing. This team getting to the Midwest Regional, I'm happy. getting to the Sweet 16, but even then. feels like an absolute crawl. Like, it just like, – and, and I know I'm melting down this right. meltdown episode. It just it, To me, after my eyeballs witnessing what we just witnessed, like it seems very rare that if this team's a four or five – I don't see how we are confident going in to play a four or a five in the next round. But even okay, so even a twelve, even a thirteen <laughs> right now. We said earlier. Well, no, Ryan said double-digit teams aren't scary, so we we can't right, go with I, that. Every game in the tournament's probably going to be tight with us. Just even we get a five seed, five twelve games are tough. Who <laughs> always, are we, those are always who trendy. Are, who are we going to blow out right now? We're not blowing anyone out on a neutral court. If the games were at Allen Fieldhouse, we might blow them out. <laughs> but every game is going to be tight with us because we're crazy and consistent. Are, it's all about guard play in March. Last year, you have Malik, Svee, and Devontae. Svee and Devontae were consistent all year. Malik wasn't quiet, but you knew he could turn it on. This year, who do you trust at guard spot to be consistent? Right now, you can't even trust Devon. We, so, we love Devon, and he's he's had a great freshman year, I think, but you just – and you can't fault the guy because we were supposed to have other scores, but right now he's not consistent. What I would say is, like, the whole basis of my spin zone here is – getting to Kansas City still. For a four seed, you know, the NCAA loves money. I mean, say we get Des Moines somehow, say we get Tulsa somehow for the first half or first two rounds, those aren't going to be at Allen Fieldhouse, but they're home games, no? I mean, the 90% of the crowd are going to be KU fans for both games. And I know we keep saying we stink on the road. I, it, I don't know if it's an environment. I don't know if it's a difference of court because we played at Sprint earlier this year and looked awful. Yeah. I think that needs to be mentioned. But... I mean, we've looked awful at Allen Fieldhouse at right. too. So, but we've had our best games at the Fieldhouse, and if it's the crowd, well, we're gonna have a crowd advantage for the first four under this circumstance where 
fingers crossed we somehow still get Des Moines and then Kansas City. Yeah. Which no, isn't I, impossible. And if that's the case, who knows? Maybe they get hot. They've been so good at home this year. Why can't they just go out and win four in a row? Seems crazy, but they've beaten good teams at home. They blew out Tech at home. They beat Iowa State at home. They blew out K-State at home. They beat Villanova at home. They beat Wofford at home. It was very good. Like, I don't know. People I forget I, about the Wofford win. We blew them out. That's win of the year. That team, we throttled yeah. those guys. But, no, I totally do agree with you. Like, getting to Kansas City would be huge. But I almost feel like it reminds me of that Embiid year where we said, get to the second weekend, and then we have Embiid coming back. And he's going to lead us to the Final Four. And that team who had struggled terribly without Embiid couldn't. It's like it's like Kansas City is almost our Embiid. Like we need that that Kansas City region to have a shot at the Final Four. And we're going to like almost overthink that and not even get there because that's all we have our mind on. So I right. do agree. If we get to Kansas City, I I think this team could play with anyone in Sprint Center. But that's part of the tournament. That's part of sports. You just need things to break your way. Yeah. So, like, I mean, hell, Duke needs Zion to be 100% healthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gonzaga needs to get a good draw. Virginia needs to get past the first weekend. You know, (laughs) I mean, you can go through every single team. You all need breaks. So, yeah, maybe KUs are a little more severe. But, hell, K-State's Elite Eight run last year. Everyone looks at it as, wow, K-State went to the Elite Eight. They beat Creighton team, which is a toss-up. I think it was a pick then first time ever a 16 yeah. beats a 1, and they get the benefit of that. Like, yep. if Virginia wins that game, I don't think K-State's beating Virginia. No. no so, like, I mean, they beat right. So why won't, say we get a 4. What if the 12 just beats the 5 in our region? We get a 12. What if the 9 yeah, beats the 1? You know, I mean, things, the tournament's such a shit show, such a dumpster fire. It's crazy. That, like, you can just go in and be, like, not confident at all. Next thing you know, you're playing like we did in, when was it? 2011, where we played the 16, we played the 9, we played the 12, then we played the 11. Like, that just happens sometimes, so. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, what if we get the 4 and we're... KU fans are notorious for freaking out about, like, second-round matchups. Oh, God. Like, say the 5 is an awful matchup for us, and then they lose. We get a 12 that we match up better with, we win. Exactly. It's a whole new season. You hear that every year. March is a whole new season. Random guys step up. It's a one-day tournament. You win two two two-game tournaments here in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You get to KC, you play. I mean, you play, you win in the Sweet 16, and you get an Elite Eight game with an outrageous crowd at Sprint Center. You go to the Final Four. I mean, who knows who's going to step up in March for us? I just, March is a whole new season, and that's why we get so excited for it. Yeah. You guys are reeling me back in. Oh, I love it. In. Because you keep, I mean, the thing, it is a one day tournament, and you know what? We've got Bill Self. Yeah. And. Well, for some KU fans, that's a negative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So please hire. We need Danny Manning. Yep. Love that guy. Four and thirteen at Wake Forest, but he's going to come <laughs> in and you know if we give him some talent is what you know. Yeah. No, we're not going to get on that tangent. But yes, somebody did tell us Danny Manning would be doing just as good of a job as Bill Self. Quadruple down. Yeah, what, what I'm what I've kind of been thinking about this whole episode when we're thinking about the tournament is Tyshawn. The interview with Tyshawn we had on here when he said that Bill coached his ass off that year. This is a year that Bill has to coach his fucking ass off for us to do anything in the tournament. So maybe, I mean, you don't want to lose the Big 12, but maybe Bill just starts doing crazy shit at practice, getting these guys ready and more tough for the tournament. I mean, he's got to do something insane, and I feel like he did it last year. He coached his ass off. The plays in the Duke game were insane. Yeah. And then 2012 he did it that Tyshawn talks about, like, I think some years when we don't have as much talent, Bill's got to really show why he's a Hall of Fame coach and what if he coaches his ass off in the tournament. 
runs crazy defenses and people love to suck coaches dicks in the tournament too i mean oh people i'm i guarantee someone will tweet out today or sometime this week Oh, the calendar goes January, February, Izzo. Even though Izzo's been Izzo's won one title in the last two decades, but people love him in March. He's been to Final Fours. Look at 2014. The national title game was a seven seed versus an eight seed. Yeah. Brackets just break sometimes, and those teams may have been more talented than this KU team. That was Shabazz Napier going off, and that Kentucky team that you know full of talent as always. But like, I don't know. My point is, as crazier things have happened, and like. If you guys think there's no chance we make a run, it's it's kind of crazy to me, but it's also hard to just get on this train and say that we're going to go deep and try to get excited when we've seen this team on the road ten times this year. Yeah, and I mean, thinking about Bill coaching his ass off and just maybe maybe it's just coming a little later than it normally does. So that's the positive spin I'm going to have. You never know when something could just click. I mean, last year's team, it just randomly started. I mean, I think yep. that – OU game, even though we went in and I think we won at Tech before that OU game. Uh, no, we beat West Virginia at home. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So and like, then we had that like two games in three days where we retired two jerseys. It was that weekend yeah. where it really kind of took off the Huggins technical and stuff. But yeah, so either way, I mean, it clicked, and but like we've said, that was an experienced team. Maybe, maybe it's gonna be a Big Twelve tournament game where this team just something clicks and they get hot. So. You're right. To count us out in March and to think we won't do anything is crazy. Do I think we're – if I had to put money on us making a run, I probably wouldn't. But it's for sure possible and for sure still going to be fun because, like we've said, we are Kansas, we've got talent, and we have Bill Self. So outside of maybe 10 teams this year, I would take us over anybody. All right. Well, we've kind of had enough of like looking back at this year, but I think people are kind of ready for some reflection on their streaks and – memories whatever you guys want to talk about i mean i have a ton i'm sure you guys have a ton but we can talk about that for a while and kind of put people in a better mood than they have been for the first 30 minutes of this pod probably let's do it i mean i didn't we didn't really do a ton of prep for this i thought we expected to do this early next week we thought okay streak will end saturday we didn't think tonight it would die um it certainly did so just based off memory, let's just kind of flash back, talk about some of our favorite memories. And I'll say, starting right now, I think the one you, the first one that really sticks out to me is that Oklahoma State game. Wayne Simeon. Wayne Simeon. Aaron Miles has a big bucket late. Just such a fun Allen Fieldhouse game. Really, maybe the first time Bill showed big time emotion at Kansas. His he, alma mater, first yeah, conference title, yeah. Back when Oklahoma State, John Lucas, Stacked. Eddie, uh, Eddie Sutton, like they were, they were powerhouse. They went to a Final Four that year. Mm-hmm. So Lucas tw- or the uh, Grand Twins, they were beasts. Yeah, dude. So that game was just. I mean, that was the start. And I mean, obviously at the time, it didn't even feel like that. That was just a regular season big win game, but. To me, that's the first memory. I, If someone asked to tell the streak story, I think that's maybe where you started at. Yeah, I mean, it's where it all started. I mean, there have been a lot of memories, but you don't may not have those memories, I guess, in the same light if you don't start it that year. So, I mean, yeah, definitely that game was nutty. I still watch that game every once in a while. It's a fun watch. I was, sure. I was in New York, like, during that game. We went to a bar and watched it. CB, or watched it. I think it was, it was that was a CBS oh, game yeah. or something, but... It's just crazy. We were fucking kids. I know. When no, it started, it's, it's like we no were just, HD picture we were of just it. really starting to get into KU basketball. I mean, we were always fans because our parents, but it's like it's when it really started for us, and it's crazy how we still remember games like that. <laughs> the picture I'll always remember from that, and they still play it on the intro video almost every game, I think, 
It's when after the buzzer goes off, and like the whole team's like surrounding Simeon, mm-hmm. and his arms are just like extended. He like just just, us. he was like almost crying, yeah. and that video is in every intro video still to this day, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was a good moment. I'll never never forget that one. Yeah. So and I mean, like B Turn just said, like it really was. The streak has been just like as cheesy as it sounds. It's like it's been a part of just our fandom. Our we're all diehard KU fans, and it's been a part of us. Like it has been so much fun, and it's made every season more fun. Because you almost feel like you have a mini little championship, which you do. It is a Big 12 championship, but it just felt like it meant more when the streak was on the line. So It's crazy, man. It's historic. Yeah. No one's done it. We were, I was in like fourth grade when this started. Yeah. It's insane, man. Like, It's so sad to see it in. That's why I think you're obviously, you don't mean it when you say the streak doesn't matter and that you're not sad for it to end just because... Think about all the memories we've had at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, right. We're down late in the second half and must almost a must win. Like You know you need to win it to win the Big 12. And KU goes on crazy runs, and everyone's just screaming, jumping on each other at Allen Fieldhouse. It's just I would say the next game. one for me, the Durant game. Yeah. That was 07. That was the third year of it. Yep. I was going to say the OU game the year after. Or Chalmers. Chalmers. Yeah. When I they were freshmen, that. right? Because we yeah. were down insane amount. Yeah. 20 plus. Come back. OU is a super experienced team. Yeah. Kelvin Sampson, really good squad. And yeah, I mean, that, again, we've compared it to this year's team. Like, that team was growing up in front of us. Like, that team lost at home to K State. They lost at Missouri in a brutal way. And that team bounced back and they grew up and they tied the league with a really freaking good Texas team, like LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, yep. Those dudes were studs. Texas had some squads back in the day. Yeah, Daniel Gibson, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like Those teams were so good, and for that young team to come through and win some of those games they did, and that OU game was really the one that was huge. Julian Wright had the huge putback dunk late. Just such a fun game. But it's crazy for that team to even win it. It's yeah. like it's kind of like this year's team with all the freshmen. Yep. Because who would who would we have had that year? I mean, we started freshman Chalmers, sophomore Russell Robinson, we freshman to, Brandon Rush. Yeah, we lost to Bradley in the first round that year, so we didn't have like any upperclassmen. Nope. Sophomore, maybe and sophomore Sasha Khan started. And Was that the last time we didn't have a senior night? Oh seven, we didn't have a senior. Oh, night. The next year, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so. Moving on to kind of oh seven. Um, that's where the Durant, Durant game, comes game to play. Yeah. Like that team, you return a lot of people. Preseason top five team, cover of Sports Illustrated, Julian Wright, Mario Chalmers. We expected to win the league, and then all of a sudden we're in a dogfight again with that Texas team. And I don't, I can't remember who else was contending that year, but Durant came in and it looked like he was going to absolutely just blow the doors off us in Allen Fieldhouse and. He did for the first half. It's not like he didn't have help either. I think he had Abrams and DJ Augustine, and they were stacked. That team was good. Beat them twice, twice in a week, because we put in the Big 12 tournament the next week. Championship, Big 12 tournament, championship game. Same scenario. Durant came out smoking hot, and we made a huge comeback. Chalmers, the first chop that we ran. First chop. Same exact play as the title that no one remembers, but that was all time. We won. That's another Big 12 title against arguably, arguably the best player in the world right now yeah in college that dude was putting up 40 some nights he was one of the best college players i've watched yeah and that's another guy we went through i guess that do you guys want to go to 08 now or do you want to anything else about 07 we got kind of fucked over by the committee that year 
we were oh, the yeah. one seed out west, Tweet and we played. San Jose yeah, played UCLA. out stacked UCLA team. Yeah. Yeah. UCLA played a home Darren game. Darren Collison, and Aaron Aflalo, Westbrook off the bench. Aaron Aflalo hitting shot clock buzzer beating freaking <clears throat> shots to dagger us. Hey, NCAA selection committee, you put us in San Jose. <laughs> please pay us back. Put us in the Midwest this year. I guess that brings us to 08. That was a that was a decent year, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean the funny thing about 08 is that we tied for the league. With a really freaking good Texas team. Lost the tiebreaker, too. And we lost yeah. three conference games, right? Uh, I'm looking lost, at it now. Yeah, we lost, we lost three, three games the whole year. At Oklahoma State, at Texas, at K-State. Because every time we lose to K-State, people are like, oh, well, every title we have, we lost in Manhattan, oh, which is even more fans, crazy. Fans of KU loves that it tweet. It just blows my mind. You know, last time we lost by 34 points, we won the national <laughs> championship in 1952. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, but... No, I mean, that 08 team, it's crazy. They tied. Obviously, the Big 12 schedule is weird. We had to go to Texas. They didn't have to come down on the field. It was pretty, pretty weird. But the Texas game, was good that year. Oh, yeah. And the, the game that stands out to me from that is that Texas Tech senior night, 109-251. We almost 60-balled a conference S- team. 60-balled. <laughs> With the streak on the line. <laughs> I mean, Texas yeah. Tech was so good. <laughs> Coached by legendary Pat Knight. Um, that was, I believe, the meat necklace game. Just that team. You want to talk about team peaking. That team was peaking, and obviously it worked out. But that's one of the more fun games so I've good. ever witnessed yeah. at Allenfield. That was just an absolute throttling. I, I know we won it all, so it's easy to say this, but I felt so good about that team after the Texas game, the Big 12 championship. We That was a battle. Like, Mario had 30. Rush had like twenty six, or maybe it was the opposite. But yeah. that team we that played was good. DJ Augustine, Damian James, just back might and have forth. had. Did they have Aldridge? Then that was before. No, yeah, they didn't have Aldridge. Damian James, Connor Ashley, I think. Oh yeah. boy, those guys just they were wet from three. Abrams, Augustine, James, uh, Justin Mason. Just yeah, like he was, they were stacked. It's crazy that even that team didn't win an outright Big Twelve title that year or the year before when they had KD. It's just. No, we won 14 in a row, man. We shared some, but there's so many stacked teams that never won it outright. Or like, It's just crazy how consistent we've been for that long with Bill Self. I mean, you talk 07 Durant, 08 has Beasley. Like Those are two of the best college basketball players of all time. Not Big 12 history, not recent memory. Like Kevin Durant is one of the best college basketball players of all time. Michael Beasley. Beasley was unreal. Statistically, had one of the more absurd seasons ever. So yeah, he went number two in the draft, and the only reason he did because Rose went one. Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, that Texas, that Texas team in 08, they were a Final Four. The only team they lost to Memphis in the Elite Eight. Like that team was freaking good. So I don't know. I guess so. Getting on to 09, unless you have more thoughts on 08. Obviously, that was a super fun year. Yeah, I mean, just because we're talking about Big 12 streak, we won't go deep into that tournament run, but. Obviously, that tourney one was fun. I mean, it's the only title we've seen with our eyes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a different conversation for another day. Yeah, you beat Steph Curry in the Elite Eight. and Rolled through some teams. Yeah. Huge lead against UNC in the Final Four. Nearly blew it. But that was the most fun I've watched. Shout out yeah. Billy Packer. Oh, the guy. 40-12 to 12 at one point. <laughs> that was the most dominant half of basketball I've ever seen. Absolutely throttling and insanely good. Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Cole Aldridge, 18 years old, manhandling Tyler Hansworth. Like, that team... Was so much fun, but I think we're here to talk streak. Let's move on. The next year, 2009, we lose everybody. We've got 
Sharon and Colback, and that's literally it from teams that guys that played for that 08 squad. So obviously no expectations. We really haven't even started talking about the streak at this point. Um, and somehow those guys go into OU. Blake Griffin was out. That was one of my God. favorite games. Yeah, Sharon went bonkers. He kept pulling from anywhere. Pulling from the O. There was a streak in the second half. It was like four straight possessions. He just hit pull-up threes. Off, like, just dribbled up and pulled. Yeah. That's a KU game I'll never forget. <laughs> never seen a guy like – I've just – I I don't know. I've never seen a performance like that from anyone. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty rare from Bill Self's team to just – and Bill Self's even commented on it. Like, he just stopped even trying to play run offense. He was just like – Sharon just kind of looked at him. And was Take like, over. I'm doing what I want to do and – Won us the freaking game, and that ultimately got us a conference title, which you look back on that team winning a conference title before the start of the year. It's insane. Yeah. So that, I think, when you look back on most impressive uh, Big 12 championships, I think that one's probably a top three for the teams that we had win it. I would um, say so, just because not only was it probably a less talented team just based on how old they were, like obviously the team had the Morris twins, but the Morris twins as freshmen were different as the were different from the Morris twins as juniors. So like it was just a different team. Plus, it just feels like a good spot to have a letdown year, right? Yeah. Everyone leaves. You only bring back a couple guys that, to be honest, were role players, especially Cole. Yeah. And then yeah, just and a, Tyrell Reed's playing huge minutes. Right. I mean that Brady morning Brady started, started, right? Fresh right? red shirt year. Tyshawn was starting too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. It's, Sharon's the only dude from the 08 team that really played. I mean, Cole was on the team, and he played big minutes in the Final Four game, but Sharon's really the only dude, and Sharon put the team on his back, yep. especially in that biggest game against OU. I mean, OU was seeded pretty high that year. I think they mm-hmm. played in the Elite Eight yeah. that year, something like that, and Willie Blake Warren Griffin, and Blake. And, player yeah. of the year. I mean, even Blake's brother played in the NBA. Yeah, so they now had a good team. <laughs> I mean, we go back to 07, Durant, 08, Beasley, 09, Blake Griffin, that's the number two pick, Studs. number two pick, number one pick. That's two out of three rookie of the years. Like, it's insane the guys we've ran through and beaten mm-hmm. in huge games in this streak. And it, it's a testament to self, man. He's insane. It doesn't matter who he's got out there. He freaking just finds ways. If you guys want a reference on how, like, sketchy that team was in a way, you guys remember the game we played at Michigan State? That got, year? Got throttled. Got blown out. Matt Kleinman played significant minutes that game. Ah. I'll never forget seeing his redhead come out onto the court in the first half. I mean, it was so bad. That's an and ultimate. Yeah. Spot. Just, just like thinking back. Right. Just looking back He's at it. Like Matt Kleinman was a part. Now he didn't play a whole lot the rest of the year. But just to think, like, one of the bigger games that year. Yeah. He, I mean, he was never more than a redshirt, was he? I mean, you can't redshirt every year, but he was just a bench guy that came up. And but no, that was that was hilarious to see. I'll never forget that one. I think it's, I mean, it's kind of cool to look back now on the streak and think, man, how impressive was it to this team to win it? Like '09, you go against Blake Griffin, '07 KD, and it's not like either of those two didn't have supporting cast. Like those teams were pretty good and had a chance to make a run in the tournament. But like we said, '09 was insane for that team to win it, and then. Now you look toward now you look at 2010 when we had I mean, Xavier Henry comes in and Sharon comes back Cole comes back and the one game I think about is the 2010 game the Sharon and one game is really the the that's the play I really think about in that game and yeah. when he winked at Aaron Andrews after the game yeah at K State K State was really good that year Denny Clemente Jacob Pullen they made a long run in the tournament. Yeah, the lead they eight, to lost to Butler, eight. right? Yeah, they uh, that team was good in that yeah. atmosphere. College game day, 
they were like a top 10 team. So we go in there, and I remember we were playing with the chance to go back to number one in the country. We had been knocked off. We were like at two, and Kentucky or someone had lost, and we go into Manhattan. Biggest game, I would say, for them in years. Uh, and Sharon, as he did in 09, just went into road environments and just was better than everybody. Took over the game, but... I mean that team was unreal. There really wasn't much question that we were winning the conference. We were thirteen and zero, fifteen and one overall in conference that year. Yeah. Lost the game that really didn't matter late in Big Twelve play. Yeah, a place we always struggle. Oklahoma State. Yeah, so unreal team. Twenty eleven, kind of the same thing. Uh, pr- pretty much dominated the whole way through. Actually, I mean, it's weird when you look back. I think we. Texas that year did put us in. I think CJ Moore actually wrote an article about it. We needed some things to happen. We were like, we were like twelve and two um, in the league, but it still didn't look like we were for sure going to win it. And then obviously, I mean, Texas lost some games and we won out to go and win it. But ten and eleven really weren't years where we worried about the Big Twelve streak. I, I don't think too much. Just and dominant like, teams. It's. I mean, it's obviously a sad note. The one thing I remember from eleven is everything with T Rub. Yeah. In that game, we lost at home because the home streak ended. We had won 69 in a row. Nice. Never forget that. But, no, that was a interesting time, I would say. Yeah, Because no, you don't – we didn't lose at home ever. It was like three or four years in a row, and then that happens, and it kind of almost, I would say, fueled him. Yeah. And it changed T-Rob's whole career, which, oh, yeah. in a way, I mean, that helped us down the road for sure. Not that it's a good thing to look back on. Obviously, it's a horrible tragedy. But, I don't know. That's something I'll always remember is what happened with T-Rob and kind of how they – Rallied around him the rest of the year. Yeah, it felt like that team had super good chemistry. Like you have, I mean, Tyshawn, Brady, Tyrell, the Twins playing together. The Twins were super close with, obviously, T-Rob. Yeah. That was like his second mom right there. And then Tyshawn, I just felt like that team really gelled together. And when you have the Twins, who are going to be lotto picks, it's so cool to hear about how much they were in the gym the year before because they had such a good year. Like, obviously, they were putting in the work. They sh- they were hitting threes mid range throwing oops to each other like that team was awesome I thought the twins nearly carried us all the way I mean yeah. we lost we always talk about that cakewalk to the title that year yeah let's not do it let's not do it uh, but no yeah I think AB's right like that uh, the one thing is just what that team went through with T Rob or what T Rob specifically went through he played that day he played the day after he found out his mom passed away and like. And then he played a week later after the funeral. K State came to town. He had a huge game, made yep. some big plays. Like almost I remember, Allen Fieldhouse that night was just electric. It was almost like the start of T Rob's career at KU. Yeah. That game, that K State game, just every the, it was so emotional. Allen that night, I remember being there, and that just really got T Rob going. And he just he became a new man. Like he was playing for his mom, he was playing for his sister, and. Yeah. That was just one of the more emotional nights at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how T-Rob went from just kind of an ordinary KU guy to, like, one of the all-time legends. like Absolute stud. Yeah, I mean, he will always be known as just he had that crazy story attached to him. Like, not only his mom, but his grandpa, his grandma, like, everybody. So Matter of three weeks it was that all three of them passed away? Yeah, it was unreal. It's just He's... one of those things you look back on the streak, and it was just, like, so many crazy stories, so many crazy circumstances going on with each team. And no matter what happened, everyone was overcoming it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that takes us into 2012 with T-Rob again. Like, that team. Wild season. One of the more fun seasons ever. Huge game after huge game. Missouri, obviously. We've talked about all that. Tyshawn talked about all that. But, like, 
I mean, we so many could have let Missouri leave the Big 12 as champs, and we just didn't let it happen. No, got down 20 at Allen Fieldhouse. Connor Tien was hitting threes. We made every play late, like every time we needed a score. Backdoor cut, Tyshawn dunk, T-Rob and ones, anything. It's just, I think that's got to be, I feel like that's the most memorable game of the streak. Yeah. For me, just because last game of the rivalry, and those two teams were playing for the Big 12 title that day. Yeah, and just really good teams. Um, and I think one thing that stands out to me about that sh- that season is we won that game against Missouri, and it was like, okay, sh- we've clinched a tie, but we still had to go into Oklahoma State the next week and win. And like we've said, Bill struggles at Oklahoma State, and you would think it's pretty easy to come off a high like that and kind of go into the next road game with kind of, you know, maybe come out with less energy. You just played maybe the biggest game of your whole life, and those guys went out in Stillwater and made it happen, got a huge win and clinched it outright and made sure Missouri had no shot at tying that conference title. So that's something I loved about that team. And just as we've said, I mean, we talk about the team a lot, just as tough as, as, tough as it gets and as fun as it was, as fun as any team was to watch, I think, just as hard as they played. Yeah, especially upperclassmen-wise, like you wait. Travis Relaford waited his turn. He became a great guard that he even made some jumpers that year. He could shoot a little bit, play defense, and it was just so awesome seeing Tyshawn and T-Rob finally get over the hump. I'd take T-Rob over almost any big man in the Bill Self era. He was just his motor, and he was such a beast. Almost won us a national title, and he almost won player of the year. Yeah. So let's – Let's move on to 13. I've got a couple. I can start if you guys want me to. 13. I would almost say 12 might be the most. 12 might have the most memorable game, but 13 had might some be moments. the most memorable just run to get to that streak. The most difficult path to get there. I mean, we had so many bad losses at TCU. We went on a three-game losing streak, and there were multiple games where our backs were absolutely against the wall. Against the wall. AB, I know you got some for us. What are they? So I'll even toss it back a little bit. The first game of conference that year was when Iowa State came in. And we were down, I mean, yeah, Ben McLemore banked in that three basically at the buzzer to force overtime and then went off in overtime and kind of carried us. I think that's when it started. And then while we're talking about Iowa State, that game in Ames, double oats, Elijah going off for 39. Maybe the second most memorable game behind Missouri of the street. I think it's up there. Yeah. I mean, that OU game is probably what I would say. The triple overtime game in that, 2016. That is probably the best performance out of any single player during the streak. Elijah for 39. Ball. Yeah. Uh, or Elijah or yeah. Elijah. I'd say Elijah. KU, yeah. Yeah. KU-wise. 39 points. Yeah. Hit, he was hitting threes with a second left on the shot clock just throwing them up. That one in like the – he was like from 35 out fading away. Yeah. When Nadir had the ball and didn't know the time was running out and yeah. Elijah just pulled – and I mean, just ended it. Like Fran was, in, Fran was like, "Oh, yeah. I could not believe it." Like, and we we may have gotten some favorable calls in that game. There may have been a block charge they debate. Hit like tw- <laughs> Iowa State hit like twenty threes that game too. It's like I, it's unbelievable that we are even in a position to win. It's and, honestly like imagine beating Tech last week when they made eighteen threes. Like right. imagine we that's what we did that night. And people forget that Bill Self almost died that night. Yeah, that fan just really went wax. after him. Yeah, <laughs> but Big Lodge like. I, that was just insane. I mean, it reminds you of Sharon and Norman because you're not running sets. You're like, here, Elijah, you're – I remember we were up like six and he's just pulling up late, hitting threes, and the bench is just going wild. Like, you know they're going in. I just – Elijah kind of took some heat his senior year because oh, yeah. he never ran point guard. He kind of – I don't know. I wouldn't say underachieved 
as a Jayhawk just because his 2012 run was insane. But that was just – I thought it was super cool to see a senior like Elijah literally carry us to a win. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I think another game, A.B., you probably going to mention, or, uh, at Oklahoma State mm-hmm. that year, double overtime, just disgusting. Terrible game. I think it was a double overtime game. In you the guys want to hear the final of that game? Was it 66-65? Close. 68-67 in double OT. That is <laughs> gross. That's a high school game. That's yeah. disgusting. And we just had no offense going. And that was a game where I felt like freaking Bill Self just coached his ass off. Like, no, we couldn't get anything going. Nadir Tharp, a bench role player, gets the game-winning floater. Nadir. Just, and I mean, it's another example. Dudes just stepped up during this run, and it's been awesome. Like, they, Players took so much pride in the streak. Yeah. They still do. Like, tonight after the game, they're tweeting, but people just step up. Like, this shit means so much to the former players, current players, the coaches. It's just no one obviously wants to see it end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 13, I would say 13, well, 12 might be the most exciting. 13 was as just dramatic as one that we've had. Because we shared it with K-State that year. Yeah. And so and I know we losses. swept them, but like, oh, what? Heard, so we beat them twice in the regular season and finished 14-4. and four. K-State was 14-2 and two in games against everyone else. Yeah. Like, that's bonkers. Yeah. And then we still pulled it out to share with them. And we beat them in the Big 12 tournament. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, so let's go to 14. So 14 again. We've got a whole new cast of characters. Now, that was the most excited I've ever been for KU basketball. And I think it was part, crazy. for me and a lot of people listening, that was going into my freshman year at KU. Mm-hmm. So not only were we getting Wiggins and Bede, Seld, and all those guys, but it was also like my first time like I could say I'm actually like a part of it in a way. Yeah. Like actually being a student there, going sitting in the student section at every single game. And the hype around that year was just so absurd. I don't know if there will ever be another year that kind of lives up to that. Yeah, no, I'll never forget being in the dorms with Wiggins when we all read the tweet that Wiggins was coming. Like, the, <laughs> I have a story about that, too. We were running uh, running around the dorm floors. But to kind of talk about what you were saying with the hype, like late night in the fog that year oh that my was, God. was an absolute riot. There were old women getting trampled. I People, almost got trampled. Yeah. I had some buddies. It was like, myself, did you go with us? We yeah. went. We went we, down there. We it was on like a Friday. Line, yeah. yeah. So Thursday night at like seven o'clock, we go down there, set up a tent, and we just hung out all night. We were first in line. Woke up that day, stayed there all day. Almost died when we rolled in because they had like four lines and the barriers were going down. But just back to the Wiggins committing, committing story, I will never forget sitting in. Shout out Miss Reyes, my high school, you know, student section teacher. Actually, is what it was. But we're sitting there, and it's like a like study hall hours like a thursday block or whatever it was and she let me get on twitter on her computer and i had it on the projection screen there were probably 40 of us in there and it was uh what was that guy's name graham uh, graham howard i don't know yeah, I, graham trailer graham grant trailer and uh Virginia <laughs> he was the only like media there it wasn't televised. Which it wasn't let anybody else no. in. No, so it was only that dude. So he, and this was like the next coming of Jordan yeah. or something. That's yeah, what people Mabel were comparing Jordan. him to. And the night before, I remember I tweeted at Braden. I was like, "Hey, Okie Joe's on me if we get wigs." Going into that day, we had no idea how to feel. Super like quiet recruitment. I refresh Twitter. It pops up. Andrew Wiggins will be attending Kansas, uh, and I get up out of the teacher chair bolt through 40 people and just run up and down the hall screaming. There are five teachers, no less, just screaming at me, hey, this is a school, you can't be doing that thing. I'm like, I don't care, I have like one more day of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like going insane, hugging everyone I see, 
it was just a bonkers memory, and I'll never forget that. And like I said, I don't think anything is going to top that no, excitement. No, there's I've never had a reaction like that after we got a recruit, and I think it made it even sweeter because it was quiet. Yeah. Right. And everyone thought Florida State, Kentucky. Because mm-hmm. his parents were the, Florida State alum, is that what it was? Yeah. He was known as like the, I mean, the, some comparisons to him were insane. He was apparently his, the best prospect since LeBron. His yeah. expectations were obviously unfair at KU, and we had so many guys around him. But I mean, and he was late, still... Absurdly good. Like, oh, yeah. average 17 points, the leading Big 12 Very good. KU scorer, freshman history. Like, like there was no way he was living up to his expectations. But, like, that team, I mean, the, the memories I think about from that team is, like, early on, it didn't seem like a massive road game yet, but it, it ended up being pretty massive. Like, we went into Iowa State, Joel Embiid coming out party, just an absolute monster. Hoiberg called him the best player in the country after the game. Dominated more for a stretch of probably – Six to eight minutes than I can remember any KU player dominating. Maybe Sharon. He had some nine. passes that game too, like yeah. no look, like from the corner to the. I mean, That's it was just wild. when he became the lottery pick. You knew he was gone. After yeah, that game. <laughs> yeah. Played with the goggles, like oh, it was just awesome. We were that was the first time we ever was that the first time we ever wore gray uniforms. I think. I think so. Yeah, I mean, a young team goes into Iowa State and gets a huge win in Hilton, which is really tough yeah. to do and. I mean, that team obviously had a lot of pretty – I mean, wasn't too stressful of a run to that Big 12 title, I don't think. No, we we lost a lot of games that year, but after that Iowa State game, I was really like, this team – the sky's the limit for this team right now because Joel was truly turning into the best big in the country. We had Wiggins already. We had – I mean, who else Who else do we have? We had Trailer off the bench. Hard black. But all we need is Joel and Wiggins. I mean, yeah. that's the one in – Three picks in the draft that year. Yeah, unreal. And I just, obviously, if Joel would have stayed healthy, whole different story. But I remember after that night, I just felt super confident about that team rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one game that AB brought up earlier off air, I think uh, that Oklahoma State home game, Marcus yeah. Smart coming back, revenge game from the backflip. Uh, that was one of the most atmosphere. one of the most fun times I've had at Allen Fieldhouse. I think. No question. I mean, it it goes with games that we'll talk about in a few minutes with like Oklahoma in 2016, West Valley year after. But that Oklahoma State game was it was the day after the Chiefs blew that 38 to 10 lead, so we needed some happiness. Yeah. And I remember the video crew really did a good job before that game because it was like all the talk before the season was Oklahoma State was the team to end the streak. And we came in, the intro video was like the rings, like holding them up at the end, the crowd went nuts, the fight at the end, the air ball, it went like Marcus Smart air ball, layup, Marcus Smart turnover, dunk. Black Shaq. That's the guy I was going to say that was on the team off the bench was Tarek. He was great too, NBA player, but... I re- didn't Joel block Marcus Smart like through the net that game? Yeah, yeah. he was like bragging about it on social media. And we won by after. one point. We ended up blowing the yeah. lead, winning by one point. We were so up by like twenty. Re- refs Twitter went bonkers. Got lead, the, led the pack with this is why KU wins at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was like a vintage Saturday afternoon Allen Fieldhouse game. That I, I, I think I have energy. one more spin zone. Everyone, everyone hated Marcus Smart, and that was going to be a huge game for the streak. Both teams are ranked. Oklahoma State was super good that year. Mm-hmm. They were top Just 10 when we played them, I think. The energy mm-hmm. in that building. There was, like, scuffles after plays and stuff. Yep. But, by the way, the Chiefs one was the San Diego State game. Oh, yeah. Because we played on Saturday. That's right. And the KU game was on Sunday. It was, like, the week or two before. Yeah, that's that's my bad. But um, I was just thinking about it because – it was yeah, a tough weekend. Drove back from Indy. Yeah, we yeah. lost Sunday on a Sunday CBS right. game against San Diego State. But here's a spin zone. This is just going back to 
the streak being over in general. Since the streak isn't a thing anymore, are people still going to tweet out, oh, this is why KU wins the Big 12 every year? <laughs> or is that narrative over? Oh, I don't even know. My brain can't consume. <laughs> My brain can't even think about the takes that will – how will takes change? How will the streak yeah. ending change the Twitter? Twitter's never been up? a thing. We've never had Twitter without the streak. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. We don't even know. Wow. what a, That's a good point, A.B. That's crazy. Twitter does not know KU. How to handle KU finishing third in the Big 12. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean – that team that year goes 14-4. I don't think we really were too worried about extending the streak pretty much. Because we lost the last game. It was when Wiggins dropped 40 at yeah, West Ball. got throttled Weird at game. West Virginia. Just yep. a terrible game. One of those games we talk about, like, not much to play for. So, 11 a.m. game, weird game. Yeah. But yeah. Another, another team that you just wonder what if. Yeah. What if you have one of the best bigs in the country and – one of the best bigs in the game right now. Like yeah, Joel was NBA Hall of Famer. He's a legitimate he's MVP a candidate this year. I mean, I, yeah. I was at the his final game at Oklahoma State. And that game he was going off. Euro stepping. We talked about that the other day. Like Joel was the best big in the country. I've said it like eight times talking about it. But yeah. that team was just you had Tark Tark Black and Trailer off the bench. Mm-hmm. Perry Ellis, Wayne Selden. Wayne was okay, but. Wiggins, Frank yeah, Wiggins, Frank. We were just so excited about that freshman class and Brandon Green too. We, shout out. We really got to see Joel grow up, mm-hmm. like turn, like just watching him grow that whole year and become the funny, crazy dude he is, and still to this day, it's just crazy. It's just a real shame he ever got in the backseat of AB's little ass car. You hate to see it, really. Yeah, you do. So let's move on to fifteen. Fifteen. I would honestly say, outside of maybe this year, was the worst team of the Bill Self era. Just. A team that never clicked, a team that never put it together. They lost a ton of road games. They lost five games in conference. Um, but just, we still clinched, like, because yeah, that last like, game didn't matter. Yeah, we won by, like, two games just because the rest of the league kind of stunk or at least beat up on each other. There, was, I think it was there a, were some good teams. I remember Baylor got, like, a three that year, and mm-hmm. Iowa State got a four. Yeah, I was And they both Niang lost and... to, like, Iowa State lost to UAB. Yeah. And uh, Baylor lost to oh, freaking, Georgia uh, State. Yeah, the Hunter dude. Yeah, with his dad, Our like, towards Achilles. RJ, yeah. Yeah. That's, I always kind of wonder how Cliff would have progressed that year. Mm-hmm. He just he didn't really get to play that much, and we needed another big that year. I remember Perry got hurt late in the year, and I think Landon Lucas had to play a lot. So I think if Perry and Cliff would have been a pretty great duo down low. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a team that definitely kind of faced some adversity. Perry had the – the knee injury late. He was never the same in that Wichita State game. He wasn't healthy. And Cliff, obviously, one, never really got going in self-system and then had the eligibility issues. So, you look back on that team, obviously, that Ubre who was a stud, it took him a while to get going. That team found a way to get it done, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that was a very memorable, fun season. I mean, we lost at a really bad K-State team. So, but they found a way to do it with all the adversity, all the growing pains. And, uh, I mean, Frank was a new young point guard leading that team. Wayne still struggled his sophomore year. So it was fun. We got the kept the streak going. Um, there weren't I, really, like, games that stuck out that year. The one that maybe sticks out a little bit was we went to overtime against West Va at home. Yeah, big comeback. And I think it was too. Jamari had a crazy dunk in OT, yep. or Wayne, one of them did. Yeah, Jamari but. beat the press. It's crazy uh, how many memorable West Virginia games there are during the streak. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, about yeah, to yeah. enter the streak where every year. Yeah. Like, starting in 15, there were four straight games at Allen Fieldhouse that were just and absolute classics. I think we'll get to it, but it's almost like we had all the laughs throughout, and they kind of got the last laugh. But we'll get to it. Um <laughs> 
Let's just go to 16 because 15, I don't know, wasn't that much fun. 16, I mean, that team was freaking Unbelievable. awesome. Yeah, you Starts knew, out. You knew what you were getting back with Perry. I mean, one of the most consistent KU scorers we've seen. We knew that was kind of going to be his year. I mean, he, he really waited his turn yep. just because he played, like, even as a freshman, we were stacked. Wiggins was kind of – Wiggins needed the ball his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Junior year was weird and Perry got hurt, but you knew senior year Perry was going to be – I yeah. mean, twenty and ten a night, and mm-hmm. Wayne. You knew Wayne. It was a make or break year for Wayne too. Yep. And then Frank Devonte. It's just that team was super fun. Just a perfect Bill Self team. I mean, Bill Self thrives with two point guards. Devonte came into his own. Frank started to get really good, and Perry, like you said, did not disappoint. Started down. Started out rough. We lose three of our. Were we three and two to start conference? I mean, it was uh, meltdown no. City. So we opened up three and zero. Oh. And that was when we smoked Baylor to open conference play. Oh, yeah. And then we had OU, the 3 OT game. Mm-hmm. Triple Oats. Yep. Um, obviously, I mean, it's we... It's tough to say that's not the best game I've ever seen in Allen. Just pure just, game when you take out, like, emotions and off the court and rivalry stuff. Just back and forth. Wow. Just game. Yeah. Buddy, Jordan Woodard, like... I remember Perry hitting a three up top. The crowd just back and forth. It almost didn't even go to the first overtime because we, like, Landon got called for that dumbass foul after Frank got slapped in the face when he drove. And then Latin got the rebound and they called Landon for, like, a loose ball or, yeah. And one of my favorite memories of that is Kadeem Latin going down the court, like, being like, he's amped. Like, going crazy. Like, we won this game bricks the free throw. I think it hit the top of the backboard. (laughs) Every big free throw for opposing teams, they're not making it. Thank God it was a one-and-one, too. I I think Daxter Miles a few years ago, he hit the backboard. Yeah, Daxter Miles completely (laughs) choking. A guard that can shoot. final game. But, But, no, we uh, we started 3-0, and and then we lost three of our next five, and we were Mm 5-3. and And then after that, just ran the table. Yeah, didn't lose again. Twitter melted down. People started questioning Bill because obviously we're coming at 15 where we struggled. Um, but, you know, going on a run, just absolutely dominating the rest of the year. Going in and winning uh, tough road games. It was a fun year, but yeah, again. They got, they got hot late. I feel like Devontae really started stroking it late that year. The that Villanova, I started feeling, I thought we were going to win it all. Yeah, Like Villanova game, if we get past that, if we get past them, I think. I really think we could have cut down the nets that year. Yeah, and speaking of Devontae, is that he had his really breakout first big-time legendary KU game at OU in the rematch of one versus two. We go into Norman, college game day, I think. Just yep, incredible atmosphere. One of the best atmospheres Norman's probably ever had. And Sharon, just just like Sharon did in 09, it was a must-win kind of for us to really take control of the uh, Big 12 lead. DJ just went bonkers, took over, and that was awesome. Started yeah. his legacy, really. Yeah. Yeah. I've said little, it before. But. A little sophomore DJ. I still remember Jeff Goodman, or maybe it was, no, it was actually Gottlieb, yeah. like saying, why did KU recruit Devontae? Like, he was talking shit oh, on yeah. Devontae <laughs> leading up to that he game. Said, he said, how did, K, how did KU get stuck with mid-major guards? Or someone tweeted with, that. Or, yeah, about yeah. Frank and Devontae. Yeah. And Yikes. Both <laughs> almost won player of the year. That old takes exposed. Mm. Like, that is the most... Old takes exposed ever. If anyone can find that tweet, please send it our way. God, I used to have it. I used to literally tweet Gottlieb like every day because of it. <laughs> Guy's such a yeah. douche. But yeah, that was the start for Detay, man. I, I going into that game, it felt like OU was just gonna get us back just because we got him at home, and that was such a big game for the Big Twelve title that year. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I think those OU games are definitely what stands out about that team. Um, 
But we pretty much won it and it wasn't too stressful going in late. So were we sixteen and two that year? Fifteen and three. Yeah, we lost three out of five and then five one out. Three, finished ten. Got but, so hot. That's why I was so confident. Yeah. But then we go into seventeen. Devontae's back. Frank's back. Josh Jackson comes in. And that team, I mean, that team for a stretch. And the game that stands out to me about that season, and I know we'll talk about the home win, the home comeback against West Virginia, but that team went into Baylor, two Waco, top five matchup. Baylor was challenging us that year. And uh, Josh Jackson, Frank Mason just made plays after plays. Lando. Landon Lucas, game-winning free throws, just a really gutsy road win and pretty much a win that Bill I remember Bill like fist pumping at her oh, his yeah. face was shaking in the gif slow-mo I, yeah, thing I immediately thought of Bill showing emotion after the game when you brought the game up everyone played their ass off that game yep. I remember Devontae diving into the crowd yeah. it's just a game you gotta win to extend the streak and those are the games we fucking win and this year we didn't get it done but even Landon was good late in that yeah. game we were down pretty significantly weren't we so I remember, I think we were down 10 towards yeah. the end of the half. And Josh, Josh hit like a layup and then a three. Or maybe back-to-back threes. He made a three and you could see Scott Drew in the background put his hands in his face. Yeah. Like, oh, we're tough. A three basically to go into half to put us in five or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so no, that game was bonkers. A gutsy win, but let's let's talk about the fun game. West Virginia. Unbelievable. We're in those sexy throwback uniforms. We play terrible. They are absolutely, they're dominating us they're up 13 they're up 64 50 with 250 left i've watched this game a hundred oh times. yeah if we win people the freaking were, game people were leaving the field house oh yeah the announced like i remember dick vitell said something crazy about he's it. like oh why did they do that what's for oh, yeah. gotta be feeling good so, he was like how can these kansas fans leave dad talk how about a blue moon and that was just another Devontae insane clutch performance late i remember him dribbling around like mid-range like inside the paint or something, he dribbled out and just threw up yeah. a three. Got he was just throwing up threes, and then after he hit those, then he definitely was throwing up. He did the between the legs behind. Like oh, yeah. I've I, never heard Allen louder. That, I didn't go to the Mizzou game, but that moment, what the place exploded. It was insane because it was off such a broken play. Like Josh mm-hmm. Jackson had just like fallen. He <laughs> threw it from his butt to like Carlton or something, <laughs> and Carlton launched it across to Devonte. And like you said, Devonte just yeah freaking behind One. the back. In his eyes, skip down the freaking side of the court with his tongue out, just like. One you know. thing I'll always remember about that game: I've never actually felt bad for an opponent. Yeah. Do you guys remember on OT we're up four, and I someone missed a free throw? Maybe Frank missed a free throw, and there was probably thirty seconds left. West Val's about to get it back. Nathan Adrian just drops <laughs> the rebound out of bounds. Yeah. I yeah. felt so bad. I hated that guy, but I felt so bad for him in that moment because it's like I watched that game the other day too. Yeah. I the announcers are like, "Oh, yeah," and yeah. like the plays went bonkers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah, they go down and score. It's a two point game. Uh, we weren't necessarily making free throws, so I mean, it was just, it was a tough moment for everything him. went our way late. I remember oh, yeah. Frank missed a layup. Landon was there to dunk it. We were yep. pressing. They threw it out of bounds. Just. Everything that had to go our way did. We everything. I mean, you're down 14 with two minutes. You're gonna have to catch some breaks and make every single shot. And hilarious. And, and once like, it went to OT, it was over. Everything yeah. Devonte put up yeah. was going in. And like you brought up, like making clutch free throws in Allen Fieldhouse. Like they missed a lot late to keep us in that mm-hmm. game. And it wasn't even a ton. They just turned it over so yeah, many they times. Turned, they they had a, they had multiple five second calls. Yeah. And they had that one where they like Braid just said they threw it into the corner and then they tried to throw it cross court like to mid court and just sailed it out of bounds and it was going to be off us. And the West Fog guy, like, jumps out of bounds oh, yeah. to try and save it, and he, like, falls onto the press row. 
while he has the ball, it was off them, and then we hit a couple free throws to tie it. But yeah. And then their last possession, too. They had 20 seconds against tied at 71, and they just, like, ISO'd Bolden, I think. Yeah. Just ISO'd him out on the, like, wing, and so he pulled. It was, like, Phillip or whatever, that guard they oh. had. Yeah. He did yeah. a jab step, like the slowest jab step, step yeah. back shot, and you knew yeah. it wasn't good. And Huggins, Huggins was so disappointed with that, too. It was just mm-hmm. like the he worst just, possession possible. He, was, he had that smile on his face that was like, what can we do to beat these yeah. guys yeah. here? No, it was so hilarious. Zero percent chance they were winning that and game I, in overtime. I got to say with Josh, that was also one of the most excited I've been getting to recruit. I just felt like we needed another guy that year to get us over the top and just his mentality, like you could tell, he was a dog, yeah. even in high school. And him, Frank, and Devonte together were just scary. That was I. I still say that's my favorite KU team. There was one game too that it, going into it didn't mean as much, but senior night that night, we were going against OU, and it was another comeback that was pretty wild. Yes. We were down, I think it was like fifty-four forty-two mm-hmm. with like eight minutes left, and Oklahoma stunk that year. Yeah. They might have finished last. And, I mean, it's at Allen, it's Frank's last game, it's Landon's last game. Oh, and, right. And then we just, in, like, out of nowhere. Erase the deficit <laughs> so fast. Vic hit a three, right. and it was the craziest reaction to a made shot I've ever seen. He, like, <laughs> he, like bow and arrow and, like, threw his arms to the ground. <laughs> like, winding his <laughs> arm around, just going I still threw her down big when he hit that, too. Yeah. yeah. And then Devontae hit, like, three in a row in corners. And he was that's when he skipped, I think. Oh. He's running up and down. We ended up yeah. winning by ten. Frank went off pretty late, too. That was kind yeah. of fitting on his senior night to get down. You had still had to win that game for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And Frank kind of carried us. That was a pretty emotional night, too, with him. And Yeah, he got real emotional. Might, yeah, you, you knew you might. You knew you were losing Josh. You might lose Devontae. I still remember Bill looking at Devontae, telling him to stay. and Svi as well. I remember him, when Svi announced he was coming yeah, back, it was a big and deal. And I remember Bill telling Josh to stay for like three more years, and <laughs> yeah. the crowd went nuts. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I forgot about that game. And game we erased bonkers. the deficit so fast. Like oh, it God. went from a 14-point deficit to, like you said, Devontae just hit three after three. We go up ten. And and I know I said that I'd never really feel bad for guys, but that was another game. OU was just so young and, you like. just caring. Yeah, game. well, that, it was, like, two of the most astonishing things I've ever seen. Like, there were three different possessions, I think in a row, mm-hmm. where OU just went down and had no awareness of the shot clock and had, like, three straight shot clock violations where they didn't even get a shot off. Mm-hmm. And then there was one where, <laughs> I'll never forget this exchange. They were on the sideline at, like, midcourt throwing it in, and they were, like, struggling to get the ball in. They called timeout, go into a timeout, whatever, talk it out, set up a play, go back to the same sideline, and then get a five count. And they can't even get the ball in still then. And that team was just <laughs> so inexperienced. And it was just yeah. it was one of the crazier things I can remember of the streak. That place was for sure crazy that night. Fun team, like you said, just sitting here reminiscing. Like, they really were one of the more fun teams. A lot like of off-the-court shit that year, too. Yeah. Casey, to Casey Stark. Stark. God. Um, every, I mean, every fan is in love with Devontae and Frank. And then Josh. I think Josh played harder than any freshman we've had under Bill. Mm-hmm, for I, sure. You and could he, tell how much he wanted to win. That dude was so mad <laughs> during the Oregon game. Yeah. He the was, fouls, and he just he never shit. could get in the rhythm or do enough for us that night. Yeah, and he was clicking at the right time. That team was clicking. That Oregon game was just fluky. But – we're not talking about that. Um, fun year team, again, part of the streak where it really never – we weren't really too worried. We kind of always had control of it. Um, but then 18, I think 2018 goes in with 2013 and 2012 is kind of like those super memorable runs where it took just a ton of leadership and a ton of just adversity. 
not a, I guess not adversity, just kind of growing up and getting better as a team. And that team was hated by the KU fan base early in conference season. Tech came in, dominated us, and we bounced back and obviously went into there and got one of the more <laughs> impressive road wins the, ever. There were people saying that these, this KU team doesn't even deserve to fly home. They don't deserve <laughs> to wear KU jerseys. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, I mean, there were multiple people saying it. It was just wild, I remember, and I was like, I mean, this team's got talent, and they're going to heat up at some point, like you said earlier. They mm-hmm. had an identity. Mm-hmm. They have four guys that can just spray from deep. <laughs> and if they got hot, which they did, made a run. But, I mean, we the second game of the year, we lost at home. Yep. And Tech wasn't even supposed to be. Oh, they dominated us. Yeah. Like, start to finish, they beat us by 12. And, I mean, I like I said before, the streak would end to me when we start losing games at home. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the case, obviously, but that game kind of made me nervous that Twitter melted down. That's oh, when I started the, the tweets, like the polls, will KU win the Big 12? Like 65% no. Two yeah. games in. Crazy, but... And the hate the hate from the fans is really why I think that team had so much success last year. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of seniors that been around. I mean, they know how good of a coach Bill Self is, and they know how much talent they had. They really fed off that and got hot at the perfect time, and you're one win away from... Villanova, you beat Villanova, who, if they don't hit 43s, you probably win a national title. Yeah, I think, and like you said, that team really was fueled by a lot of the haters. Um, they said that, too, publicly, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. And most, I think that was the most any, maybe outside of this year, everyone was picking us to lose a streak. Seth Davis started yep. it. Jay William. Seth Greenberg didn't believe in us. That team just completely came together beautifully. A uh, bunch of experienced guys clicked at the right time, figured it out, went into tech. And I would say that road game at Tech with the way Devontae took over was definitely one of the more memorable uh, games of the streak. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's crazy going through all these games how many how many times Devontae was clutch late. Yeah. There's so many games. We talked about the OU game at OU, West Virginia, the Texas Tech game. Just Devontae was so big for us in huge games in the Big 12 streak. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would almost say that Devontae, out of every player – Maybe him and Sharon and T-Rob are the three kind of guys where it's like you'll remember. They're kind of like the faces of the streak. I don't know if that makes sense. Obviously, Chalmers, obviously, but he's when you part put of it the in just the right but the streak talk conference games. Devonte, Sharon, T-Rob, those guys stand out to me. Maybe freaking Elijah, but his is mainly just that. That one big game. Right, he had a stretch where he just went bonkers. But. Yeah. Devontae was just the man senior year. He brought it every single night. And you could tell he was kind of wore down in the tournament, but he was just huge for us his senior year. Yeah. Winning that, I mean, because not too many guys were super consistent on that team. I mean, Doak sometimes struggles to score. And Speed was pretty consistent, but you didn't have Malik the whole year until the tournament. So mm-hmm. we didn't have Devontae his senior year. We, I don't know if we extend the streak. You had – Texas Tech made the Elite Eight. K-State, West Virginia, who gave us all we could handle three times that year. I mean, Trey Javon, Young, even. I yeah. know they kind of struggled late, but, I mean, going into Big 12 play, he was the talk of college basketball. He was the Zion Williamson before Zion Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you add him to the list of just studs the streak has had to go through. We didn't even really talk about Buddy Heald. Um, but, I mean, Trey Young's having an insane rookie year. So, yeah. dude was a stud, and we absolutely throttled him when he came down on the field house. So, that was fun. A pretty memorable game from last year. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we've reminisced as much as we could on the streak. Uh, maybe, you know, in the summer, maybe we'll have some interviews with some guys to kind of talk about it. But, 
just an incredible run, man. It's something that we're we're gonna talk about forever. I think uh, our grandchildren. We're gonna talk to them about Devonte Graham and the T. Rob block, like just a crazy time in KU sports, KU basketball. I think it's a time where people will look back on forever on this little stretch of basketball. And I'm really glad that we were diehard fans while it all went down, and hopefully we start a new streak. Yeah, us three were. I mean, us three are so big into KU athletics, and this is a huge part of our fandom like yeah. we were us three were at KU mm-hmm. during the streak during part of the streak it's just obviously sad that it's come to an end I guess eventually it had to but just the most insane memories that like you said we'll never forget yeah so I don't know we've said all that we've melted down we've gone over the streak pretty long episode but let's get one more thing let's finish up with a very quick gambling segment AB hit us with the freaking standings I don't even want to know where I'm at uh, it's not as bad as you think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, going into this week, you were falling behind a decent amount. Um, but, no, after after that OU game, Braden took the lead. Shout out to my guy. He's 25 and 21. And then uh, <laughs> myself and Ryan are both 24 and 22. Ooh. So it's close down the down the home stretch. But only, uh, only one game for KU to touch on. And since it doesn't really matter that much in terms of the streak, probably be a pretty quick, you know, Preview of it. Uh, we got Baylor on Saturday at the Fieldhouse. Uh, the line on Ken Palm is KU minus seven. Total is one forty-one again. So, uh, Braden, you've got honors. Go ahead and lead us off. Oh, that's tough. Seven points. Um, I think the guys will play pissed off. Just got embarrassed last home game of the year. I feel like I got to take KU in the points. I could see us winning by double digits. I just don't think Baylor matches up to us very well. They don't really have any scores either. I mean, Makai Mason's solid, but I think we'll finish off the year strong at home, go undefeated at home this year, and I think we'll roll against Baylor. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, I don't necessarily think we're going to blow them out, but I do think we'll kind of control the game. Home crowd will still be good. I mean, we always crowd always ready to bounce back after ugly games. We're really good in that aspect, so – I think we win probably nine to ten point game, but nothing that I. I guess the goal is we go into this game and we absolutely dominate them, win by twenty, and go into the Big Twelve tournament with some positive outlook. Uh, if we don't, if we struggle with Baylor, I think this starting postseason play on a pretty sour note, and I don't want that to happen. I want to go into the Big Twelve tournament excited for it to happen, but I'll go KU minus seven. I will. Uh, I think we'll score a lot. I'm going to take the over one forty one. Um. I'm still kind of torn. I think that's going to tell us a lot about the squad, to be honest. Um, if they come out and it's close or they even lose, I think it's going to be evident that they may have just given up. Mm-hmm. Not actually, like, literally, like, gone out and given up, but it losing the streak, if it's as big as a heartbreak as a lot of teams would have reacted to it, um, you know, then this team might be done for going into the tournament. But if they come out and play really well, they might just be like, all right, fuck it, it's behind us. Let's go on a run. This is when it actually matters. Let's just dive in see what we got i'll probably take baylor to be different i don't love it um i think it's that line's a toss-up so i'll go with baylor plus seven and i will hammer the over love the over give me like 85 82 yeah i guess since i didn't hammer i'll hammer the over as well i really think we'll hit the over um so yeah that's my hammer yeah kind of the game kind of reminds me of well tonight the ou game reminded me of the tech game where we come home right after and hopefully it's like that but i think it's a lot different now because the streak is over people are talking about it yeah 
people are talking about it and I don't know a bunch of freshmen too I just it is it's going to be interesting to see how they react I'm definitely can you imagine going into the t- Big 12 tournament postseason play with after this Oklahoma loss yeah no it's going to be nice to end the year at home yeah going into the going into postseason play senior day too we got a lot of seniors to celebrate yeah, on this no team too senior speech very weird I but, haven't done that since 07 but here's a little fans KU tweet for you <laughs> Last time we did have a senior night, the next year, we won the national title. So, go KU, ahead. 2020 90 champs. Oh, yep. 2020 <laughs> national. That sounds dope. 2020 yeah. national champs. That sounds pretty sweet. That would look sweet on a shirt. Go get your tickets now. I'm going to agree with you guys and take the over. I think it'll be like 80 to 71 or something. I bet we score close to 80. We always score at home. I'll take the over. I'm going to hammer that just because – Thinking about it, I'm not even that confident in us covering, so I'll just take the over. I'll just hammer the over. Well, I mean, you're forgetting we're we're coaching against Scott, playing against Scott Drew. So I love our chances. I think it'll be a fun final wrap up, undefeated season at Allen Fieldhouse. But speaking of wrapping up, I think it's time we wrap this whole pot up. It's been quite the roller coaster, a meltdown, a lot of positive stories. It's been fun. I've had a lot of fun. It's 2 a.m. Shout out to us grinding. But, uh, yeah, so some big news coming next week, folks. We will be in a studio. We had some audio issues last week, and we wanted to make sure that we made the proper changes. We're going to a studio. Um, so next week, audio should definitely be better. Might have some videos and stuff like that. So it should be fun. Follow us on Twitter at Ain't No Seats Pod. As always, uh, check out our blog, AintNoSeats.com. We definitely got to start getting some more stuff up there. And uh, obviously, Instagram as well, Ain't No Seats Pod. Leave us a five star review, subscribe, do it all, show us some love. And uh, thanks for listening as always. And Rock Chuck. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.